getting smart people together, as you noticed from multiple disciplines, uh, electrical engineering, chemistry, chemical engineering, process engineering, physics, and so on, AI these days, pulling all that together and allowing that team of compatible skills, but not the identical skills, flesh out a full vision towards a product is powerful. It's time to rethink everything, to redo the rule book, to explore smarter ways to work and rediscover what's possible. It's time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. I'm Barry Ross, and this is The Big Rethink. Today's episode discusses how one company's vision for e-reader technology grew into a global business about end-user expression, personalization, and sustainability that impacts retailers and car manufacturers alike. Our guest, Tim O'Malley, MIT graduate and EVP of operations for E-Inc. for the last 22 years. Tim, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Barry. Thank you. So let's start. Uh, how does a company that pioneers e-paper technology and e-reader screens get into personalization and in the cars for that matter? I mean, what is the common innovation thread? That's an interesting way to look at it. Starting from today, you look at all the possibilities and it's easy to forget that it's a journey to reach the point we're at today. Um, when we started, the vision was something called radio paper, which would be a version of uh, a newspaper or a book on your desk that updates automatically with the content that you want. As that vision evolved, we became a lot more about surfaces and we talk about smart surfaces, uh, making surfaces smart and green. And we started to think about the technology being a surface technology, it led to a number of broader ways of thinking about it. The surfaces of cars, maybe someday it'll be paint uh, and you'll have a room that's you know formal one day and kids playroom the next. And uh, anything else where the surface is either giving you information or projecting some kind of emotion. Uh, that's the sort of the way we approach it these days. And that's how we got here. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting history because when you look at how companies message, when you message, and when you message on sustainability, environment, uh, and device power management, what does buy stable mean? So we talk a lot about buy stability when we want to reference that the display is not using any power when it's showing an image. The display is stable in originally it was a black state or a white state, so it was bi-stable in either state. And we've kept the term even though we now have multiple shades, uh, many colors in our color displays and many shades of gray. We still use the term bi-stability to link back to that core notion that when the display is showing an image or some content, no power is being used, and power only gets used when that image is changing, which is why it is a perfect, sustainable, renewable technology for the world today. Yeah, I think that's, that's, a, that's a great explanation. And so kind of moving away a little bit from kind of the, the tech part, the tech definition, and more into like, you know, when we talk about 
personalization and sustainability, which are two big trends in the automotive industry. What do you think are shaping these buying considerations from the consumer? So personalization is something that's really come into fore with uh, the supply chains and the capability that you can do now. You start to think about something like 3D printing. Each piece can be slightly different if you wanted it to be, a slightly different look, slightly different color. It's possible in a standard supply to have a wide tail distribution of things that could be personalized. And people want that. They want their own brand. They want their own portrayal onto the world of what's important to them. You see it in license plates where people get special pay extra to get a certain phrase on their license plate. And we're working with a company that's bringing digital license plates forward. It's another extension of that customization. There's also personalization besides the different car colors and all the parts that have to be stocked in order to maintain all those colors. Um, There's tinted windows, which is something we've shown in one of our last trade shows, that as we look into dynamic tint, that's something else that you can bring to the car, personalizing from tint to when it's tinted. Um, And that could even add function if you want to uh, block some heat coming in at off times too. So personalization lends to your personal brand, but it also lends to function at times. Yeah, I think that's that's great because in a way you kind of jumped to the answer of the next question, which is perfect because we're focusing on the automotive industry and, you know, owning your own vehicle and how the concept of a smart service can really impact kind of the interior user experience. I think you just kind of hit that nail on the head a little bit. And you also talked a little bit about what's going on right now in California recently when we start talking about the exterior experience, right, with the use of digital license plates. Uh, it's, it's interesting to me because it's just like, I think to your point, people will pay more to customize, right, their hardware, their software, their something. Um, what other things are you, are you seeing, right, from you know, the automotive industry and owning your own vehicle and those use cases, outside of those use cases you just talked about, from an interior or exterior use case? Um, so in the car, there's a lot of surfaces that are available. Um, everything from the, the color of the seats to the type of dash to the information, the music that you're playing. And cars are undergoing a significant digital change uh, as we look towards electric vehicles and then eventually self-driving cars. There's a lot of energy that we're seeing as people rethink what it means to be inside a car. As they rethink what it means when you have the electricity from the battery driving you certain miles, and if you use that electricity for something else, like air conditioning, it subtracts from the miles that you can drive. And so things that you can do that um, aim low power function in the car, displays, keeping heat out so you don't have to air condition, translate directly to more miles, but also change the way that the customization of the car feels potentially when you're not driving it anymore. When you wanna create uh, maybe a Zen space because you're going to nap on that ride. Or maybe you want a functional space because you're trying to do some work while the car is taking you there. And if it's not self-driving, you still have that concept today with the ride share. There's a growing number of times people aren't using their own car, they're getting a ride. Uh, And that completely changes the dynamic of the interior of the car. 
Yeah, I, I think those use cases are great. You know, it'll be interesting to me to see, uh, at least uh, in California, to see who and how many people are paying a premium to personalize their license plates. And I'm sure you've looked at that from a business case standpoint, uh, you know, just to see where it'll be in a couple of years. Do you think that's going to take off? I do think it'll take off for a portion. There's an exciting segment to be able to, when your car is parked, have it say anything you want, have your own tagline, sort of like your own little logo, your own brand tagline on the bottom of your license plate as you drive around. Um, that has a lot of appeal from what we've seen. Um, there's an element that you might someday be able to add some function to it as well. Maybe if there's an amber alert, there's an ability for all of those license plates to convey that right where it's needed on the street. Um, so maybe down the road, we'll see some functional elements. Right now, it's a lot about brand and personalization. Yeah, I think that last example about amber alerts, that's really interesting. It's almost like it's a safety application in a way like a mass uh, use safety application. But, but but thanks for that. So let's change tact again and, and focus maybe on kind of another industry, if it's okay with you. So so when we look at right your tagline, we make services smart and green, how does that fit into you know, the concept of a smart city use case? Sure. Um, if you look at one of the things that's happening right now in Europe, Germany recently passed a law for digital out-of-home uh, signs that can only be operated six hours a day, from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. And we know that energy is at a premium right now, especially in Europe, and that's the, what's behind this law, is uh, reducing the amount of energy that's going to non-essential signs. So when you want to have the public information, a smart city giving people either emergency information or timely information, one minute to the bus arrives, and you can do it using renewable energy and less energy, that not only helps the city be smart, it helps the adoption and the rollout go faster because you don't have to strain the infrastructure as much to support it. It blends in. It's almost like the technology blends back into the background. It's not so much in your face and it's still there when you need it for all the function. And is that is that some of the work you're doing with your signage in Boston? Is that an example of that or is that different? Uh, that's very much an example of that. We're working with the public transportation, the train system in Boston, the T, uh, and they have a number of stops where they have e-ink signs that are displaying relevant information to the schedule and to the commuter that they work great. It was nice to have it in our own backyard so that we can see it. Uh, and uh, they've been a great source of promotion for us. We can reference that case. Yeah, it sounds like it's a good partnership. So let's talk about probably one of my, my favorite applications. Uh, and it really has to do with kind of you know, fitness and, and health monitoring. How does your technology, E-Ink, support this area? Uh, there is a um, wearable from Fossil. They have a hybrid that not only has the analog movement, so you still have the design of the two hands uh, telling you the time, but has a e digital paper background. Uh, 
to display some of the health-related information. So it's, it's a combination of giving you that sort of old-time, that old-fashioned uh, watch look, but still being able to bring in some of the low-power but also functional elements from the digital paper to combine with the health side of things. So that's kind of on the fitness side. On the health side, we're also working with uh, several medical device companies where they're trying to bring uh, portable devices. Uh, there's glucose meters, there's stethoscopes. So these portable devices have a digital paper display on them, an e-ink display. And that is primarily chosen because of the flexibility of the form factor, but also the low power and easy to read. Yeah, it just it seems like there's just a lot of applications for technology. And just to be you know, 100% upfront, when I first kind of got the concept of what you and uh, E-Ink does, I, I wasn't 100% sold on the idea of right, using this base technology for these applications you hear every day, right? Because the normal thought processes is, and what I do is kind of like, well, okay, e-readers, got it, right? But when I start looking at all these you know, opportunities and applications that this base technology supports, it's pretty exciting. And that, that leads me to my next question. It's just, you know, we've had a lot of segments on our show that relates to education. So, you know, the fact that, you know, e-ink invented, you know, several types of this electrophoretic ink, and this is a technology that's based on essentially the fusion of chemistry, physics, and electronics, all STEM-based studies. You know, I have to ask, you know, how important is STEM-educated employees to your company? Uh, thank you. That's a great question. Um, I'll tell you, one of the things I've certainly learned working at Inc. over the years is don't bet against the scientists. Um, getting smart people together, as you noticed from multiple disciplines, uh, electrical engineering, chemistry, chemical engineering, process engineering, physics, and so on, AI these days, pulling all that together and allowing that team of compatible skills, but not the identical skills, flesh out a full vision towards a product is powerful. I'm deeply impressed by the uh, what all of the technologists, scientists, researchers, and engineers can do. It's critically important to our business. We have manufacturing as well. We have manufacturing located both in the U.S. and in Asia. Uh, and that's also critically important to our business. Nothing gets done without it being made. Uh, so I wouldn't highlight only the STEM, but I certainly would say that's critically important to the design and function of the technology. Uh, and we look for contributing people from all aspects of the, of the employee workforce. Um, and I want to commend you on your electrophoretic statement. You got the word right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, I'll be honest with you. Uh, two things. I had to practice that uh, several times. And three, if you know my producer, uh, I've had many issues uh, mispronouncing words. So all good. I th Thanks for the compliment. Uh, the other thing is I, I would never bet against the scientists, just to let you know. It's, uh, it's bad form. So, uh, you know, so we, we've talked a lot about the smart service technology and its applications to smart cities and the automotive industry and health and fitness. And, you know, of course, there's other use cases we just haven't had time, won't have time to talk about, like, you know, retail, interior design and fashion. Uh, and that could be an entirely another show. Uh, you know, just it's so interesting. But what other use cases do you see on the horizon? It doesn't have to be tomorrow. It can be, you know, three and five years. 
Sure. Um, one of my um, pet favorite use cases these days is um, something called Badger by Satellite Display. Um, it's intended to be a badge that you wear. Normally, it would just have your name and your title on it, especially if you're in a healthcare setting, for instance, like you're a doctor. But when you need to, you can activate it, and it will act as a closed caption device in real time. So it connects to the phone, and as you speak, it displays those words. What's especially cool is it can also do translation. So if there's somebody that doesn't speak the language or is hard of hearing, and the founder actually founded the company because his dad was hard of hearing and had a difficult experience in a healthcare setting, this closed caption is another way to communicate. Uh, it's almost like turning on closed captioning on Netflix. Um, and bringing the technology into those everyday elements of communication, it's one of the things that I do hope to see a lot more adoption over the next three to five years. I also hope to see it on you know, the cars and buildings as we start to change the feel of spaces. Um, I, we started the conversation there, and I still think there's a long road to go as we continue to develop that idea out as well. I am... 100% on board from like a branding perspective, what that means. I pretty much brand anything if I could just to meet my my KPIs, right, and my budget. So I'm sure you know what that, that's that's like. Uh, you know, I, I, again, I do think there's a lot of these other like examples we could probably go into. And unfortunately, we're running out of time. But I do have one last question for you, Tim. You know, in the, in the span of your career, uh, at least 22 plus years at one company, which is pretty impressive. Uh, what was one thing in your job or occupation that was your biggest challenge that you, that you had to come? And it could be anything. Uh, the biggest challenge, um, there's been quite a few challenges over the years. Um, there, was, there was certainly a time uh, when the technology was, say, post-lab scale and not yet product scale. Um, and I was leading a project that we were taking a new platform of the technology, uh, going after a new application, that was a phone, uh, and working with a new customer and doing it with a new supplier in Asia, all on a timeline that was um, laughably short. Um, it actually enabled and helped enable getting the scale that was then uh, suitable to bring to something like the e-readers that did take off. Um, so, but it was a key building block in getting the company to the maturity of scale and complexity in order to be able to do the follow-on effort, which was that e-reader, which truly enabled the growth and took off from there. So. There's always those projects that people don't necessarily know about that sort of build the base. And, and I think that was one of the building the base projects that was uh, challenging and rewarding at the same time. I've also been there, although I, I don't think I've used the, uh, the term laughably short <laughs> with a project schedule, but I, I can guarantee you, Tim, I'm going to be using that tomorrow. <laughs> a lot of laughably short uh, projects in uh, my near future. You know, Tim, it's been great having you on the show. I, uh, I enjoyed it and uh, definitely beat my expectations. I know, sadly, we're we're out of time. I want to again appreciate you know uh, all the uh, the questions and, and answers you've given me. 
Uh, and I just want to thank you again. Thank you, Barry. I'm, I'm deeply humbled by all the people in the world that are fans of Inc. and have been fans of Inc. for years. So uh, it's great to have a chance to talk to you and to hear some of that enthusiasm. You bet. And uh, I hope to have you back on the show. Uh, and for our listeners, uh, as usual, if you enjoyed the podcast, didn't enjoy the podcast, have ideas just to make us better, visit our feed on iTunes to rate, review, or subscribe. Or if you're listening on Spotify, be sure to hit follow. We want your feedback. And that's it for us. Another episode of The Big Rethink. Until next time, I'm Barry Ross. Quick note from our sponsor, Intel. Intel vPro continues to raise the bar with enterprise-grade performance, security, manageability, and reliability features for enterprise and managed business of all sizes. It's simple. Intel vPro is built for all businesses.